Hello, real life family and friends. Uh, boy, it's good to be with you again. My family was on vacation uh, in Florida for uh, a week, and we had a great time there, but it's great to be back with you and to share God's Word together. Uh, before we jump into the message, just a quick announcement. This coming Friday night, March 25th, we do have a trivia night. If you'd like to put a team together, get a hold of Cheryl Chatfield and show up at 6.30 and have some fun. And now, of course, the fundraiser is to support our missions uh, teams that are going to be going to Africa. Well, today I want to give you an encouraging message. Wow, what a crazy world we live in. It is unbelievable how crazy and how much chaos is going on. And I wanted to come today with a message of perspective that I hope will give you encouragement for the times that we're living in. Because we are alive at this time uh, by God who put us here at this time. So we must be the people he chose to be a part of the end times and a part of these, these kinds of days. And so we need to be encouraged. We need to know who we are. We need to know what we're all about and what God's plan is when we look around and see everything falling apart. So today's message, I'm going to entitle The Gospel of the Kingdom. I want to talk about the gospel of the kingdom of God with you and encourage you uh, that we are on the winning team. Amen? We are on the right side. And so let's, uh, let's go before the Lord. God, I just pray for your spirit to lead and guide this time as we share together that you'll open our hearts, you'll encourage us, you'll help us to see uh, that our hope is in you, uh, that you are the source of our truth and strength, and Lord, that there is life in you, life full, and we pray that you will use us in this time of our lives to be the advocates for life and truth and, and hope to those around us too. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to start by just sharing with you, Jesus was baptized, and then he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he went into the desert, and he was tempted, and overcame all those temptations. And then he began his ministry, his public ministry. And in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, says this, From that time on, Jesus began to preach. And here's his message. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven has come near. This was the message that Jesus preached. The kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, has come near. And this is what I want to talk with you about today. His, he also said this to his disciples in Matthew 10, verse 7. He says, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And it's uh, interesting in Acts chapter 1, verse 3, uh, it says here, after Jesus is suffering, after he was crucified and, and rose from the dead, it says, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about, what did he speak about? It says the kingdom of God. So here Jesus is, he, he, he was crucified, um, he was buried. He rose again. He began to appear over the course of 40 days with his disciples. And the thing that he talked about was the kingdom of God. His message was still the same, the kingdom of God. And so we see this in his teachings in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. He said this, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. 
So what is this gospel of the kingdom that Jesus was talking about? That he shared with his listeners, that he, he told his disciples to share, that he came back in the resurrected body and shared with his disciples and filled in the blanks, and that he said that when this message is preached to all the world, the end will come. So I think we should know what that message is. And so, you know, let's talk about that. Of course, the gospel, as we think about it normally, is that Jesus died for our sins and anybody who will place their faith in him will be forgiven of their sins and be saved. And that is part of the gospel. And that is what every single one of us needs to come to a place in our own heart where we surrender our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, where we give him lordship of our life and we are forgiven of our sins. Of course, that is the gospel, but it's bigger than just my personal salvation and your personal salvation. It's much bigger. It's not just about individuals, but it's about a kingdom, a kingdom. So before we get into that, boy, oh boy, we live in a world of great evil and brokenness and chaos. I don't want to talk about this too much, but just a little bit, just to give us some context of some of the things that we might be looking at and, and uh, concerned about. North Korea is testing ballistic missiles capable of reaching anywhere in the United States this past week. Iran launched ballistic missiles at an Israeli strategic center in Iraq near a U.S. consulate. And China seems to be a subtle behind-the-scenes partner with Russia and has aspirations on Taiwan and has been working to undercut America's global leadership position. And of course, Russia uh, is a threat to start World War III just because of its actions and words continue to escalate in Ukraine. And it's terrible what's going on in our world. We see this from the levels uh, of nations all the way down to individuals around us with the corruption, you know, in some politicians or business leaders or just people making terrible choices or being hurtful or evil in our world. It's all around us. And so we also have this big problem right now of, of uh, misinformation or propaganda or lies. We see Russia doing that to its people. We see our own government, I think, doing some of that to us. And who knows what's true anymore? It's amazing. Lying has become the native language of the kingdom of this world. And the strategy seems to be to become professional liars, right? So that you can manipulate people into believing what you want them to believe or so you can get what you want to get. And it seems to go like this. Tell a lie with great confidence and with strong conviction and frequent enough until people start to believe it. You know, the system that we are living in, this fallen world, this system that we're living in, has increased in violence, increased in division, increased in problems, in fear, in sickness, in death. It's just falling apart. Society is coming apart, at it seems. And there is more fear, more anger, and more hopelessness than I have ever seen in my lifetime. I'm not that old, but I've been around a little while, you know, over 50 years. And this is the worst that I've ever seen our world in, in terms of these, these situations. We just came off of two years of battling an incredibly dangerous and scary virus that's gripped the world in fear and confusion. In this country, we're experiencing highest inflation in 40 years. Uh, we're watching a nation being destroyed right now by an evil power. Right in front of our eyes, we're seeing pictures and video clips of just horrific uh, human suffering and tragedy. 
and the division and violence in our own nation seems to be at an all-time high, the morality of our nation seems to be at an all-time low, and the stability of our nation on the world stage seems to be pretty shaky. And there's talk, like I said before, of a possible World War III and even the use of nuclear weapons. I mean, how many of you agree with me? There's a few problems that we're facing right now in our world. I mean, it is spinning out of control. And there's a few things that an average person might be worried about right now, might be fearful about right now, might be really concerned about some things, right? So in this type of context, I come to you with a message about the kingdom of God, the gospel of the kingdom of God, to encourage you and to give you a biblical perspective of the situations that we're dealing with in our world. Because this is not surprising to believers. Jesus shared that these things would be happening in our world. And yet, in the midst of this, he calls us to have hope. He calls us to live in truth. He calls us to be a light. And he, he has empowered us for such a time as this. Even though there's tragedy and hurt and pain and fear and all kinds of problems going on, the church, Christians, believers, disciples of Jesus, it is our time to shine brighter than ever before because the hope of the world is not going to be found in a better politician or a new party, in new policies, or in some stock market recovery or some inflation coming down and gas prices coming down or borders being secured or energy independence. All those, some of those political items are very hot topics and we have strong opinions about some of those things and we believe certain things will help better than others. Of course, of course, we have that stuff going on all the time. But my, my point is the hope of the world is going to be in the gospel of the kingdom coming to them. The hope of the world is Jesus. It really is Jesus. And the message of the gospel of the kingdom is as relevant today as it has ever been. The gospel of the kingdom. So what does this gospel of the kingdom have to do with these monstrous issues that we're dealing with and we're facing in our world today? How can a message of almost 2,000 years ago have any bearing on the things that we're contending with today? Well, Let's go through it and explain what it means, okay? First of all, gospel means good news. So this is good news. That's exactly what that word means. Gospel means good news. So there's good news that God wants us to know, and he wants us to experience, and he wants us to share. And then the kingdom. Kingdom means rulership, sovereignty, authority. So we have good news about authority, rulership, sovereignty, and it is God's rulership. The good news of the rulership of God or the authority of God has come near, Jesus says. He says, this is the message. The gospel of the kingdom needs to be preached into all the world and then the end will come. And this gospel is good news. And the good news is that the Messiah is coming. The kingdom of God that Jesus is talking about really is referring to the messianic age in which the Messiah has come to the earth and ushers in a time of peace. And this is what the world needs. We need Jesus. Jesus came to pay for our sins and he's coming back to establish his kingdom of peace. And when he first arrives, his message is, it has come near to you. It is now here. 
it has begun. And so we live as Christians in this tension of kingdoms at battle, don't we? And I'm going to call the one kingdom the kingdom of this world. The kingdom of this world, it is a fallen kingdom. And I'm going to call the other kingdom, as Jesus did, the kingdom of God. And until the kingdom of God re-entered creation through the Messiah, through Jesus, his birth at Christmas, you know, when Jesus came, he entered into the kingdom of this world to redeem it and to establish the kingdom of God, the rule of God once again. And so when he comes and he, his message is, Rejoice, repent, believe the kingdom of God is near. It's here. It's now. And so in the kingdom of this world, you know, the leader of, that, of this kingdom in the world, the Bible says, is the devil, right? It's Satan. He's the prince of this world. But the leader of the kingdom of God is Jesus. He is the king. Okay? In, the, in terms of the kingdom of this world, it's visible. It's things that we can touch and pick up and grab a hold of, right? We can see it, smell it, taste it, touch it. And we want it, right? And so there's this constant struggle for more land, more power, more money, more stuff, right? It's selfish. It's lustful. It's greedy. Uh, and, and that's the kingdom of this world. And the, as Jesus um, pointed out, the, the native language of the ruler of this world, the prince of this world, Satan, his native language is lying, and those who are subject to the kingdom of this world and the ruler of this world, that's their native language too, to lie, to deceit, to trick, right? All for the sake of gaining more power, more uh, items, you know, uh, more influence. That's the kingdom of this world. And God comes into this kingdom. Jesus comes into this kingdom and he bursts the kingdom of God. And it's different. It's mostly invisible. It's not about things that you can touch or grab or hold on to, but it is about the spirit. It's about the soul. It's about the internal, who we really are as people. And Jesus didn't come just to fix the, the physical. He came to do something even deeper and greater, and that is to restore our relationship with God, our spirit, to rebirth our spirit in God. And so the, the kingdom of this world is disintegrating, but the kingdom of God is rising up. It's growing, right? The kingdom of this world is temporary, but the kingdom of God is eternal, eternal. And the, the, as I mentioned, the result of the kingdom of this world is sin, and the sin produces death. And we see death all over, we, not, not just physical death. We see the death and brokenness of sickness, of, of broken relationships, uh, of just evil and, and all of the darkness around us, right? The sin results in death in all of its forms. But the kingdom of God is opposite than that. The love, the serving, the trusting in God all produces righteousness and that righteousness produces life. And Jesus came to save us out of death and to give us life. Life comes from him and he came to restore us and to save us. That's the good news. And for this good news to be relevant to your life and my life, first and foremost, I need to decide whose rulership I want to be under. Do I want to be under the kingdom of this world and the devil and the rulership of that kingdom, which is all about lust and greed and power and sin that results in death and brokenness and, and evil? 
or do I want to switch, right, and switch my Lord to from myself or from Satan, self-rule, uh, is, is Satan-inspired uh, sin of rebellion against God, or do I want to come under Jesus Christ as the king of the kingdom of God and submit my life to him and be forgiven of my sin, be restored from death to life, and now begin to live as a child of light instead of a child of darkness. Do you see? And so this is a personal decision, but it is bigger than a personal decision. There is also a kingdom at large that is going to have incredible influence, right, for all eternity. And so I enter into the kingdom of God when I receive by faith Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And if you're ready to do that, if you haven't done that before, if you want to give your life to Jesus, I want to pray for you right now, and then I'm going to continue with my message. And if that's you, and that's your heart, and you're ready to switch kingdoms, to come from death to life, uh, from sin to righteousness, uh, from hopelessness to hope, uh, from, from bondage to freedom, this is the kingdom that Jesus represents. He came to enter our chaos, to bring peace and wholeness and life, and to save us. So if that's your heart, let's pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus... I need you, I choose you, and I surrender my heart to you. I declare, Lord, with my heart, my will, that you are my Lord. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin and to empower me to live in your kingdom a new life and the life that you designed for me to live, a life of fullness and abundance. I'm all yours in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so we are part of this kingdom and now you are part of the family of God and you are part of the army of God. You're, you're part of an eternal uh, existence with God. Your relationship with God is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so the good news is that God's rulership is now and yet it's not fully here. We feel the tension. You know, as believers, it's like in a dark room, all of a sudden a candle is lit. Light enters the darkness, right? Jesus entered our darkness. The light of the world came into our darkness. And now we, as we come into Christ, we begin to, to light up, if you will. And now there's a little space in the darkness that's now redeemed. Me. I'm a redeemed son of God. And and now my life can begin to get redeemed and reformed and changed and healed. And the kingdom grows in me and other people. And then the church is all these flames, all these lights coming together and growing and changing and being transformed from death to life, from, from bondage to freedom, right? And the kingdom of God, the rule of God begins to grow in us and through us and begins to affect change in a fallen, broken, dark world. And so it's not fully here because we still have evil around us. We still have brokenness. We still have death. We still have sickness. We still have rebellion. We still have uh, confrontations with evil, right? And so the kingdom has come, but it's not fully here. It's now, but not fully. And so the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom is this, that the Messiah is coming. And there will be a day when the kingdom is fully realized. And so when it talks about, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God, he says the message is for us to repent. In other words, believe in his message, believe in him, 
believe in this kingdom that God is establishing on the earth and be ready for the coming of the Messiah. Of course, he was talking and he is coming. He was there. He was beginning this whole thing. But then he also taught that he was going to return and establish the kingdom once and for all. And so the message of the gospel of the kingdom is that the Messiah is coming again. And though this world is falling apart, and though there's wars and there's heartaches and there's catastrophes all around us, okay, even in the midst of that, the hope that we have is the good news of the kingdom of God that the Messiah is coming back and he will establish peace on the earth. In Isaiah chapter 11 verses 1 through 10, I'm not going to read all that, but in that passage it talks about what this messianic era will look like. And so the, the message to Jews was this, the Messiah is going to rule and he's going to reign all over the, earth, over the entire earth from Jerusalem. He was going to redeem Israel from the nations and gather them back to their land. God was vanquishing Israel's enemies and establishing world peace. And there would be a global revival of turning back to God and turning back to the law of God. And the Messiah would rule and reign for a thousand years on the earth. This was the gospel of the kingdom. And this is the good news that Jesus was saying, be ready, it's coming. He began it, he's going to finish it. God always finishes what he begins. Now, why do I say all this? Uh, because um, I am in constant uh, friction, I guess, in how, how do I engage this fallen world? And um, I want to be political at times. I want to make a difference in every way that I can. And I think that is what we should do. I think that's very important. On the other hand, I don't want to lose focus on what the main point of our life is. And Jesus puts it this way. I'm going to read it again. I've already read it a couple times. He says in Matthew 24, 14, in the midst of all of this stuff going on, he says this, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. In other words, the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom is what accelerates the coming of the Messiah. The hope of the world is the gospel. And the message of the church is the gospel. And we, we ought to engage in every area of society to redeem it and restore it and to infect it with life, to infect people with truth, to infect people with hope. And that's what I, that's what I intend to continue to do. And in the midst of it, though, we are not just political, we're not just social programming, we're not just trying to be good. We are preaching the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the Messiah, that Jesus is coming. Because that is what we ought to be doing in these last days. This is the priority of the church, is to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. And at the same time, live it, live it. So I don't want to be captured by fear. I don't want to be so focused on the kingdom of this world that I get distraught, that I get sidetracked, that I get depressed, that I get bound with fear because I'm like, boy, I wish everybody was getting along. Boy, I wish 
uh, gas prices were lower, which I do. Boy, I, I, I wish there wasn't any sickness or disease. I wish there was no wars going on. I wish all this evil wasn't happening. Of course, of course we all wish those things. But we can get so caught up in trying to band-aid together a world of a kingdom that is actually falling apart and being shaken that we forget what the church's role is right now. And the church's role is to shine, to live in the abundance that God has given us and to infect our world with life and with the message of the kingdom of God. Whatever you are doing right now, if, as God is leading and moving you to love people, to give hope, to, to, to speak truth, to proclaim that gospel, to live that gospel, to be free from fear, to be filled with hope and joy and love, and to exude those things in all of your responsibilities, you are preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You are being the light and you are being the salt. And I commend you for that. I don't know if you have watched any of The Chosen, but I highly recommend that you check that out. The Chosen. It's about Jesus. And I, I just have loved watching these episodes. And I just finished last night. Um, the season two, episode eight, which is the season finale. And they're going to be coming out with other seasons in the future. But I want to encourage you to go and check this out. Ep season two, episode eight, especially the, uh, the time frame of 25 minutes and 18 seconds to 25 minutes and 55 seconds. There's a, there's a, in the, in the episode, Jesus is talking to Matthew and he's talking about the salt of the earth. He's talking about the Sermon of the Mount, which he's about to give to the crowd. And he mentions these things because Matthew says, I don't understand your analogy. What do you mean we are the salt of the earth? And he mentions that salt does three things. He mentions that it preserves and it slows decay of meat. And that he wants his people, his followers, to hold back the evil over the world. To preserve the world. And so Christians filled with truth, filled with life, and filled with hope, we are part of that preservation of, of life on the earth right now. And the lost and the broken and the hurting and those who are still bound and, and far from God, they are blessed because we're still here and we are still preserving life. And there are still goodness that's happening through the kingdom of God in the church and through people. And we, that is part of our role is to be an aroma of life to people, right? To be the blessing there. He also says that salt is to... Um, uh, enhance the flavor or renew the flavor of food, right? And he uh, makes the analogy that he wants his people to renew the world and to be part of its redemption. And so we are engaged in every area of society to try to redeem and bring truth where there's deception, to bring freedom where there's bondage, right? To bring life where there's death. So the church engages. We're not just hiding out in a building. We are living in a world. We don't belong to the world but we're engaged in the world as sources of redemption, as, as the hands of God and the voices of God to the world, right? And finally, he says that salt is used to heal. And he wants his people to participate in the healing of the world, not its destruction. And so we are to be extending the healing hand of God, not just physical healings. And we believe in that. We see miracles like that all the time. I want to see more, though but also the healing of hurts, the healing of marriages, the healing of relationships, the healing of lost dreams, the healing of people's souls, their emotions, their hurts, their fears. That's who we are. We are the extension of Jesus on the earth. So Jesus says to us in Matthew 5, 14, 
or 513, you are the salt of the earth. You are here to hold back evil. You're here to preserve life. You're here to, to, to partner with me in redeeming this world. You're here to infuse the darkness with light. You're here to bring healing to people, healing to this world. And that's who we are. In the midst of a darker, growing darkness, there is an increasing light in the church. Do you see? So let's not get caught up in the darkness. Let's not be afraid of the darkness. Let's penetrate the darkness with light. Let's not cower in fear or worry. Uh, let's not get overly focused on the dis disintegration of a kingdom that's falling apart. Let's keep our eyes on the kingdom that is growing and building, which is the kingdom of God. And it's one soul at a time, one life at a time. And it's invisible most of the time. So let's not keep our eyes on the visible, but the invisible. What God is doing on the earth in the hearts of, of men and women and young people all around this world. There's a great revival coming. Jesus is coming. The Messiah is returning. He will usher in a time of peace, worldwide revival. And we are part of the heralds of that message to bring about that moment in human history. Woo! <laughs> Man. So he goes on to say in, in the very next verse, not only are we the salt of the earth, but he says, you are the light of the world. And your light is meant to shine. You don't hide it. You put it up on a lampstand and you shine that light. And what better time in history than to be shining the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ to this world. John 1, 5 says, The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. And that's my message for you today. To be encouraged to, to put our eyes on Jesus uh, and, and to be that light to those around us. The world is experiencing death, but we are multiplying life as believers of God, right? The world is in darkness, but we are in the light. And the world is hopeless, but we have an eternal hope in Jesus Christ. I want to say just a couple more things about hope. Our hope is not in politics or government or policies or vaccinations. Our hope is in the Lord. Our hope is in God. He is the hope of the world. He is your hope. He is my hope. He is the message that we need to get out to each and every person. When darkness is getting darker, the light shines even brighter. There's a passage in Psalm 42, verse 5 that says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I want to encourage you today. Why so downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God. Have a little pep talk to yourself like King David did here. Why am I so down? Why I'm troubled? Why am I so troubled? Why is my soul so, so worried, so heavy, so, so down? Of course, David wasn't king at the time he wrote those words. He was on the run. He was being betrayed. He was being misunderstood. Uh, he didn't know what was going to happen in his life, you know, but he had been given promises of God that he'd become the king. But he was experiencing incredible turmoil in his world. There were people trying to find him and kill him. 
And his soul, he was, he was looking at all those circumstances. He was feeling all this weight of the world and all the pressures and all the fears and all the worries. And his soul was getting depressed. He was getting down. And then he turned his attention and he says, why am I doing this? Why am I looking at all these things? Why is my soul so down? Put your hope in God. I want to encourage you today, if you've been struggling just with the, the weight of a broken world, of an evil world, of a messy world, and, and you've been feeling the pressure of just how to make ends meet with the, the new you know, inflation and the challenges that we're facing, and you're getting just kind of burdened down, I just want to encourage you, as David did, put your hope in God. Our hope is not anchored in something that is shakable, like a politician or a policy or a physical kingdom on the earth. Our hope is anchored in the eternal security that Jesus Christ is coming again. We look up, we, we expect, we rejoice because Jesus is coming for us. In the middle of all this chaos, we shine that light, we offer that hope, we stand on truth and we extend the gospel of the kingdom of God to everyone who will listen. And everyone who will respond will also be saved. Listen, I want to encourage you with one last thought. Truth is very important. And truth does not come from a TV station. It doesn't come from the website or TikTok or Snapchat. Truth does not come from uh, your neighbor or people. Truth comes from God. And it's more important now than ever before, to know the truth. I'm going to encourage you, if you don't study the Word of God and, and you don't continue to grow in your ability to understand God's perspective of the world, you have no measuring stick, you have no tape measure to, to see the lies around you and how far, far short they are falling of truth. We need to know God's Word. We need to be uh, filled with God's Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And we need to be around God's people. Those are the three things that God has given us to stand in truth and to live a life of abundance. His word, his spirit, and his people. You need all three active in your life every day. You need to be around God's people. Come to church or keep doing this if you can't physically come. You need to be in his word, reading the Bible, studying it, letting God speak to you. And you need to be filled with the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God continue to filter everything that's coming at you so that you are walking in truth because He is the Spirit of truth. Can I pray for you? Lord, I just pray for my brother, my sister, my friend, uh, my family today. Lord, I pray that you are released from anyone right now who has felt a burden of fear or worry or pressure or hurt or concern or a, just a cloud of darkness or heaviness. That's been over them in Jesus' name. Just command that burden to be released right now from my, my, from my listeners, Lord. Lord, that you will replace that burden with rest, with hope, with security in you. Let your joy come upon us, God. Let your truth set us free. Let your life overcome death and let your light not be overcome by darkness, but let your light in us shine over top and brighter than the darkness around us. I pray, God, for all of us together as the church that you inspire us with these words to take your message, to live it out, 
as a light, as an example, as the salt of the earth, as the light of the world. And also, Lord, to be bold in engaging a, a broken, fallen world with the hope, with the good news, with the gospel of the kingdom of God, that you love them, you died for them, to rescue every single one of them. And Lord, you are coming back for us. We look forward to that day. Love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can I bless you? Let me bless you before you go. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, his peace, his shalom in his name. Amen. I love you. Hope to see you soon. God bless you.